Hello everyone and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Woodzik. This is episode 122 with a lot of the creative crew from Tesseract, Dimensions of Gender or Queer Nomicon at Comic-Con, which is a show that's a partnership between the Non-Binary Monologues Project and Square Product Theater. We will be doing a run in Boulder at the Wesley Chapel on June 8th and 9th. That's this Friday and Saturday at 7.30. And then at Denver Comic-Con on the 15th at 4.30 on the Page 23 Literary Festival stage. We're super excited, and thanks to a generous grant from the Boulder Human Relations Council, the shows in Boulder are free, although the space in the Wesley is limited, so we recommend that you hop on to tesseract.brownpapertickets.com to reserve your seats. I really hope you'll enjoy episode 122, and I hope to see you for some queer Nomicon at Comic-Con or in Boulder. Thanks, y'all. So I'm super excited to be sitting here with uh, some of our creative crew, design crew, our team for Tesseract, colon, Dimensions of Gender, first parenthesis, Queernomicon at Comic-Con, end parenthesis, uh, which is a collaboration between Non-Binary Models Project and Square Product Theater. We're going to go around here on this panel, and we're going to say our names, our pronouns, and what we're doing on the show. So I'm Woodzik. I use they, them, their pronouns. And I am producing and acting in this show. And let's go this way. Uh, I'm Harris Armstrong. Um, I go by he and they pronouns, and I am the script supervisor. I'm Amy Buckler-Resterholtz. I use she, her, hers. And I am directing the show, and I'm an artistic associate with Square Product Theater. My name is Rosie Glasscock. I'm from Square Product Theater, and I'm the stage manager for the show. My name is Cece Smith, and I'm the production intern for Square Product Theater, as well as the sound designer for the non-binary monologue project crossover with Tesseract. Tesseract. So we were talking about this earlier. What the hell is a Tesseract? And, and how did we sort of, we're, we're trying to figure out what, what this is going to be. And so I guess I'll give some more context to our listeners. So Page 23, which is the literary festival associated with Denver Comic-Con, reached out to me and said, hey, you want to come to Denver Comic-Con and do a show of non-binary monologues? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. And like, I didn't realize <laughs> at the moment how cool it was to get that invitation. And, uh, Entree, uh, Square Product Theater, which I'm so excited to be collaborating with, and we're like, cool, we're going to not only do this thing in Denver, but we're also going to have two nights of performances at the Wesley Chapel uh, on June 8th and 9th at 7.30. We need to call this something. And so uh, those of you who are in the room for it, and then uh, Harris, feel free to jump in with the other word that leads to that word, because... I can follow geekery. So how did we come to this Tesseract idea? Uh, I, I think oh. we were talking about uh, a bunch of us had just seen the latest Avengers movie. Right. Which everyone has a lot of feelings about. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, and thinking about, like, cool shapes and images and ideas and, like, okay, if we were to, like, make gender have a shape or an item or an icon what would it be? And, you know, Tesseract being multi-dimensional figure, 
um, you know, Tesseract is to cube what cube is to square. Um, square product theater, math nerds. Shut up. up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thinking about how multidimensional and faceted gender is and how we can't really define it because binaries are for computers. Tesseracts um, show up, like we said, in the Avengers world, but also in the Doctor Who universe. It's a concept. It's ever-changing. So to have this symbol was a good place to start when all we had was uh, a set of monologues to start off with. Yeah. And I like what we were talking about earlier today about how a lot of folks will consider gender as a spectrum, right? And that's a line with two points and, you know, you, you sort of slide the slider between and then... Uh, and other representations you maybe see a, a circle right and so it's like oh when the colors blend here and I just so love opening that up into like oh yeah we need four dimensions to contain all that gender truly yeah. is yeah. Yeah. complicated AF <laughs> complicated AF what was that other word that you brought up today Harris the, I, I kept thinking MacGuffin's hardware but that is not what it is <laughs> oh, no no it's a MacGuffin so what is a MacGuffin? The MacGuffin is the, the object of an adventure. It's the thing that you go out and search for. It's like, you know, the holy grail of an adventure. So the Tesseract is our MacGuffin here. We're trying mm. to find gender, I guess. Yeah. Always elusive. <laughs> like, like the holy grail. Yeah. Where is it? Well, we on the third dimension. We can't quite fathom it. <laughs> I just want to start singing. Find your grail. That's your grail. <laughs> we can only do that if we had some coconuts. Coconuts. But they, we do have a sword. <laughs> and then you, y'all missed it. There are a bunch of swallows that just plomp through here with, with coconut hooves. It was amazing. <laughs> so, Amy, how, how do you go about directing something that starts as a pile of monologues uh, with all these lively, nerdy voices in the room, how do you rein in that chaos with your directorial vision? <laughs> with <the chaos>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> with as much humility and humor as I can muster. Um, but, it, you know, I think it's about uh, really embracing our unique nerderies um, and digging into, like, the nerdery of each each monologue and each character, you know, what's their journey, um, what makes their particular flavor of nerdery unique, you know, in that like no two people's gender is exactly the same, no two people's nerddom is exactly the same, um, and how can we help these characters find their distinct voices, um, and then give them all a place to live. Um, and the great thing, you know, about something like Comic-Con is you don't necessarily have to be a comic book nerd to attend. Like, you can be a Harry Potter nerd, a Doctor Who nerd, a Garfield nerd. I think the Garfield guy is going to yeah. be. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a Marvel or a DC, sure. you know, Team Cap, Team Iron Man, whatever. All nerdery is welcome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So how do we make space for all nerdery being welcome there? Um, and then sometimes it's just like getting out of the way and letting Woodzik and Ayla play because they're really hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, uh, and then being like, oh, yes, that, let's keep it. Um, Shout out to Ayla Sullivan, who is the other performer 
in this midst, uh, and we love them. Yeah. They are not physically here right now, but they're here in spirit. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of want to go off one of the things that you were saying, and, and it reminded me of, I feel like as m- rehearsing the show, yes, we do that. We do the nuts and bolts thing, but nuts and bolts things that you have to do when devising a new, well, I mean, not really devising, but putting this new a new piece of theater together. Uh, but what I found just as rewarding is is the stories from people's childhoods about you know the characters they connected with, and I think Harris that something that you touch on in in your monologue, um, you know above and beyond your script supervisor duties is that how connecting with these fictional characters can be a, a way to empower oneself, a way to explore different facets of your personality, of your gender. And so I guess I would just love popcorn. Like, what are some of those moments for us all, like, from, from childhood? Like, I'll, I'll shout out and be like, I totally wanted to be Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I totally wanted to be Rogue from X-Men because I just really related to something. And, like, oh, you can be, like, strong and powerful badass, but you can't get too close to anyone. Like, you can't be vulnerable. You can't actually physically connect with someone without you know, endangering them. Like, there was something that was super poignant about that to me, like, even as, like, an eight-year-old. But what other stories, like, are there around the circle? I don't know that I have a specific story, but I love that that's what happens for people. That the literature found in various art forms, like comics and movies and books, captures someone and encourage them encourages them to be themselves and find themselves we we know that comic-con is a place where people dress as their favorite character to show what they're passionate about and for us to have this opportunity to take that sort of world one step farther to include um gender and um, that community in a community that has been found to not be totally accepting and warm and fuzzy is a really great opportunity. I'm so proud that we can do it together um, because you know that there's going to be somebody who stumbles in on the Friday of Comic-Con in our afternoon show and is like, I agree that this um, this character is dealing with stuff like me. Yeah. It's fantastic. I don't personally have one that's specifically about gender, but I know that my heart and my, even as much as spirituality is attached to Harry Potter and oh, yeah. Doctor Who and, uh, you know, a little Garfield, maybe not, <laughs> not as much as Woodsick, but it to be a part. Y'all yeah, laugh, but yeah, I fucking uh, love Garfield. Yeah, this is sexy tax name. I don't know. <laughs> it's so great. Does someone have a yeah. specific well, I story? I mean, you brought up Harry Potter, but I I remember um, you know how how much. I and other folks in my generation connected with Harry, right, because we grew up with Harry. Like, the books were coming out as we were growing up, too. Yeah. Uh, and I first read the Harry Potter book in sixth grade. Lord, was I an awkward sixth grader. Um, and I just moved across the country. You know, I didn't know anyone. I was this awkward, weird kid. And, and reading about a book where the awkward, weird kids are the heroes, right? Um, and Hermione, this, like, 
frizzy-haired, know-it-all, like, got to be a hero. And I was like, wait, I'm also smart and organized for justice and, like, went to peace marches with my mom and Hermione, like, organized for the house elves. Yes, girl, get it. <laughs> um, you know, but that, that we find hope and, and identities and, and friends in these characters that then empower us to feel less alone in the world. It's like, what a cool thing. You know, for me, um, growing up, um, okay, confession time, I'm a, I'm a giant, like, anime nerd. It's yes. what I um, am, like, a big nerd about, also video games. But um, when I was a teen, when I was probably pushing away most of my weird gender feelings, it was mostly anime that I was interacting with, and that had a lot of, um, I wouldn't say intentionally gender non-conforming characters, but there were a lot of characters that didn't necessarily fit the very stereotypical uh, man-woman dichotomy, and I found a lot of comfort in that. And I can say now as an adult and go, oh, well, that was because you were feeling weird gender things and you didn't really want to acknowledge it. But, um, I mean, it's carried over to now. Like, even um, my marriage was founded and we met each other through fandom. I mean, my monologue is a little bit true to life. Yeah. Not, not entirely. Like, I'm, I'm the robot nerd in my relationship. <laughs> I was just like, okay, robots don't have to have genders. And then I wrote about that. But I did meet my wife, um, through fandom, like we met long distance, and you know, so being able, yeah, <laughs> it's a funny story to tell people. But we did meet through shipping, legitimately, like we shipped the same things, and we wrote fan fiction together, and that was how we bonded. Um, and that is how I made a lot of friendships as a really weird, awkward, giant kid who didn't really know how to interact with people was doing these things and writing to a point where they're like, wow, you're really talented. And they didn't get intimidated by the fact that as a teenager, I was a six foot two girl <laughs> and now I'm not a girl. So that works out a little bit better. I could work out relationships and my own gender this way. I'm just so ready for there to be representation in theater, which is why as a theater maker, um, I'm so glad we connected with Woodzik's Non-Binary Monologues Project because there's no reason that every character is one way or another. another. The argument stands as well for, a, like, why are aliens all human-looking? Mm -hmm. um, Unless they're a tree or a raccoon. Right. <laughs> we refer to them as he. Like, why? Why does Groot have to be a dude? <laughs> you know? It's uh it's interesting how far cis patriarchy gets spread around. So every moment we have to um support everyone's personal identity is 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 awesome. And nerd and nerdum <laughs> it's bonus. Oh man, you want me to talk about the loop, the hoops that the writers of Star Trek went through to like, keep trans people out of the narratives and like anybody who was anything but straight? I could talk for a whole hour about that, but I won't <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot to unpack there. Mm. Boo! Stop! Star Wars or Star Trek? Trek. Star Trek. Boo! Star Trek! But there are some of the storylines that I could deal with that. <sighs> You know, all the stuff. His, history is told by the victors, right? And so it's really 
interesting to unpack unpack things that you know we've viewed as you know entertainment and now really realize that regardless of your gender like these are universal stories on some level and ones that can help empower and and flesh out inner truths yes inner truths I don't know yeah um what's it like being an intern on this project oh my um, <laughs> I genuinely don't have I don't know how to answer it because it's I don't feel like an intern I feel like somebody who's getting to watch real art be created and that's a really unique perspective I don't feel like I'm, I'm like I, I'm just here to you know grab the coffee and things like that I'm actually getting to participate in multiple forms of art and in just raw realness in people and it's just it's so fascinating to watch and to be a part of and see how things are how things that could change the way people view things like gender how that is created and and how people go about that it's it's fantastic um, getting she, verklempt. I know. <laughs> uh, us over here, you can't see us because it's a podcast, but we're getting verklempt. <laughs> uh, she's definitely a really great intern. Well, and we won the intern lottery, right? Because I met with Cece to like sign the, do the paperwork. Like, yes, we're going to give you credit for your class. Uh, and just meet and talk about it. And Cece was like, I'm a nerd in all of these ways. And I go to this Comic-Con and... Here are all the, like, comic books you should read. And I was like, oh, what divine force sent you to us? The, <laughs> the real truth is, and she touched on this, um, we're making this collaboratively. Mm-hmm. This, uh, a lot of what Square Product does is um, ensemble-produced uh, theater. It, there's, um, there's been scripts, but those scripts can be, by, be written by the person in the room. Um, it's, it's exciting to have, um, these great actors to do it. Uh, it's been fun to watch, um, it developing in rehearsals. Uh, Wizzik and Ayla are going to put on an awesome show. We're a little still in process, which makes some people nervous, but (laughs) the truth is you get in, you have... Your um, your great literature ready to go, and we're gonna make a night of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and just going back to your question earlier, like how do I direct a piece like this? I mean, uh, Square is very collaborative in process, and I'm really thankful to get to work um, with groups of artists who work in that way. And that, like, I'm not really interested in the hierarchies in the room. You know, like everyone is brilliant and awesome and has unique and insightful points of views and you know ultimately someone has to say like yes keep that or like "Mm, maybe not that thing um (laughs) you know and that person gets to be me but but ultimately like everybody's equally at the table because there's I have nothing but wonderfulness to gain from hearing everyone's unique fascinating nerd brains like rattle off really I think one of the greatest things about this process was our, our first sit down and our first read through of all the monologues. We were sitting in a room together um, and 
we realized that just about every single person in the room was now going to be one of our dramaturgs. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all had something to contribute to this process, whether it was our costume designer, Alexis, um, who it just went off on the most beautiful tangent yes, about Dungeons and Alexis Dragons and, and everything just nerd-related and... and just everything about it like it was one of the coolest things to witness and just realize that everyone had something to contribute to that conversation about how stuff like this plays out yeah i want to i want to talk to you two i get i get to point you don't get to see one pointing to but i mean like you'll <laughs> they said angrily at their phone for no reason but uh as i mean sort of going off what amy was saying like we're, we're directing we're, you know we're working on a piece that like a tesseract is ever shifting folding upon itself yeah. creating a form so script supervisor sound designer how how does that play out in your creative process you know having a script emerge versus coming in and having something that's you know fully cooked from the get-go i know that um when i heard of the overarching idea of making it similar to a dungeons and dragons campaign i was like okay i got this i know exactly what's going to happen here i can envision this whole process because it's a lot like being a dungeon master in that way where you know you're dealing with a various group of people who you don't know what exactly they're going to bring to the table but you know they're going to bring something and you kind of have to be flexible in that way and just kind of roll with the punches as they come because there's no way you can really plot out a whole campaign for a D&D game and know exactly where it's going to end up and I think this is very similar in that way Yeah, like this is part of the reason why I want to write it the way I do because I know for a fact that um, I'm somewhat of a serious person in nature, <laughs> and I just happen to know that Woods and Ayla are so much funnier than I am, than I could ever hope to be, um, it, particularly in writing, like, the way that the two of you interact, the way that you guys are on stage, I just kind of have to facilitate that as opposed to uh, try to even try to prescribe it. Facilitate is a great word. <laughs> and that's what you do as a yeah, dungeon master. Yeah. You facilitate other people's adventures. And that's kind of how I see this. Over to you. Oh, boy. Um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> so in building, in building a sound design, what, what inspiration do you have so far? Uh, how, do you, how do you develop your design in, in a process that's still cultivating what it's going to be? Can I answer that question when the show's open? Because sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can give you a better Fantastic answer. Fantastic <laughs> um, this. Oh, this is such a unique process because I've I've never done this before. Where I'm I'm a part of the script creating process. Where where while we're here and watching it kind of build together I just have this constant idea in my head of what a tesseract would sound like what it, what's something that's continuously changing and evolving what does that sound like in this world and that's kind of the idea that I'm running with and I'm going to keep running with 
until we open the show. Um, ultimately, that is what you know the concept is. It's just it's just that and how how I get there. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Yeah, what, we'll what figure is it the out. Siren call on the tesseract. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to find out soon. <laughs> Make my job sound easy. <laughs> so, thank you. And I'm very interested in what, what that sounds like as well. And I just love the, the spirit of, uh, uh, the intrepid spirit that's around the circle in this conversation and in our rehearsal process and, and that idea that we are, we are going on a quest to build this thing as well as move through it. Uh, and that's very exciting to, personally, me, someone who's done almost exclusively superscripted theater um, with not a ton of, you know, input in terms of developing a script. And so, uh, I'm just so proud of everyone. Uh, as we sort of wind down our time together, what is the invitation for folks who are like, yeah, but I don't, I mean, is this for me? I'm, am I invited to the party? Uh, what would you say to someone who's on the fence about, about coming to, to see this? And how would you entice them to come? The show at the Wesley is for suggested donation, which sort of means it is free. Yeah, we got an amazing <laughs> grant from the Boulder uh, Human Relations Commission. Um, in, because we wanted people in our community to see this show who maybe couldn't afford a badge at Comic-Con because that ish is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so please be our guest, be our guest. Uh, you know, and also all your donations will help us pay our incredible artists. And mm-hmm. That's something that's important to us too. Um, but in terms of an invitation to come, I think linking back to what I was saying earlier, like the cool thing about Comic Cons about conventions is like every nerddom is welcome under the umbrella. Like you identify as a geek, you identify as a nerd, like you are welcome here. And the same is true here, you know. And even if you're like, I, am I a geek? Am I a nerd? I don't know. Come find out. You know, like we're on our hero's journey and we want you to come with us. Um, and everybody's input and insight is of value. So, you know, I would love for you to bring your unique energy and laughter and thoughtfulness to this process as well. What I think is kind of cool about this, what, what I found with my, my thesis, transaction is, Transactions, is that the audience became a really cool intersection of queer folks and theater folks. And I think we're going to find that intersection and above and beyond that folks who are super into these different fandoms, which for me was sort of my blind side going into this. Um, and I'm learning so much, and thank you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what, what other invitations are we going to give to our audience members, y'all? One more time for the broke college students in the back. It's free. <laughs> I feel y'all, please, if you don't have anything to do, like worst case scenario, you don't have any plans on that Friday night and you, you want something now. free. Exactly. <laughs> you want something free to do. Come with. Come watch the show. It'll probably be better than you thought it was gonna be. It's gonna like you're gonna laugh. You might cry a little. I don't know your taste. It's great. We intended to be just about one hour. That's not very long, and it should be very funny. Probably will touch your heart, 
And if you're not used to coming to theater, it'll give you an idea of what Square Product makes, which isn't necessarily traditional. But we intend to support. I would like to note that everyone except you is shaking with laughter. Please, please continue. Weird, y'all. We intend to be the the theater company that represents the the queers, the nerds, the squares, the trapezoids, <laughs> the tesseracts, and you. Whatever shape you may be. Yes. And I hope that that's what comes from this this collaboration and um, the piece that we're going to do at the Wesley next week. Yay. What I'm also thinking is like what a cool first date or just a date in general, right? Ooh, yeah. Like this is a really fun dates. date night, y'all. Don't tell your date you that it was free. And gender. Oh. Oh. My, the part I'm excited about is to go and talk to a bunch of other people about nerdy shit. Like, yes. I can't even imagine the amount of conversation there's going to be after the show about, like, oh my god, you like this nerdy thing too? Yeah, I love this nerdy thing. So come geek out with us. Speaking of geeking out and talking about it, we intend to have a talk back after. So keep your ears open for that. Yeah. Last, last words, y'all? I, I want to, and I will frame this in my intro as well, but Wesley Chapel. Friday the 8th, Saturday the 9th, 7.30, and then if you happen to be at Denver Comic-Con, we're going to be on the page 23 stage room on Friday afternoon, 4.30. I started with four, and I have amazing people around me. Uh, What else do we want? What else do we want? I'm just going to say, I'm just going to, my last words are going to be, deal with it. What do other people want to say? I don't know that I have much more to say than that one. <laughs> unless you want to um, be the... Unless you want to sing for us, I think we... I think we've said what we've said. Do you have a song about Aquaman? You oh, might want do to. Do you want me to sample the Aquaman? <laughs> I mean, now that we've mentioned it, now I guess. Now that we've mentioned the Aquaman. We so, okay, this is do the... Do acquiesce? Little I, I will sing a chorus of the Aquaman song. What I'll say is that some of you know this about me. Oh man, tambourine's coming out. Uh, many years ago, I was in a band called Seahorse versus Lobster. There are episodes of a web series that we shot for that on YouTube. Feel free to, I mean, maybe, maybe not. It's real awkward. <laughs> it was completely filmed on a flip video while that was, you know, when that was still a thing. Uh, but as part of the Seahorse versus Lobster Band, we did generate some nautical-themed songs. And so this one is all me. And it, I don't, Aquaman, it's just really great now that the new Aquaman's super hot because yeah, that was perfect. not the Aquaman imagery I was working <laughs> off of. Thank you, Jason Momoa. Originally. Uh, but here, here we go. We're going to send y'all out with a little bit of a song that's included in the show. Uh, so please enjoy. Aquaman, I'm in love with you. And I will swim where you want me to. You're the most underrated character in the Justice League of America. 
Michelle. Okay, bye.